Hey everyone, today's call is with Kay Watanabe, and the topic is VIPs, how to find them, cater to them, and get leads from them. Um, just as a reminder, you have a Q&A in the middle of your screen, so as you have questions throughout the call, please feel free to type those in, and we will answer them throughout the call. Um, you might see a chat box as well, but make sure to type them in the Q&A box. All right, Kay, take it away. All right. Well, thank you very much for having me. Um, this is an awesome topic you know, for me to talk about because it completely changed my business. But before we jump into that, let me just tell you a little bit about myself. I'm from Tucson, Arizona, um, originally born in Hawaii. Okay, so I'm in a market, born and raised in Hawaii, so I'm in a market that I didn't grow up in. Okay, so this is going to be very, very big for you if you're feeling like your business is stagnant and you want to take your business to the next level without spending a whole bunch of money. Okay, so um, I was introduced to the core uh, seven years ago from one of my best friends. He's a core lender, core coach. His name's Derek Holder. And when I first got into real estate, I had a, I had just had a dream. I just wanted to sell 20 houses a year because 20 houses a year would equal to $100,000 in gross commission income for me. That was my goal. And the more I got into it, um, I saw that I could, I, could, I could do better. I could help more people. I, I could make more money. And I went to my first summit, and I saw, like, people there that did some just amazing things. It was the first time I ever saw someone break $100 million in sales volume in my life. And this is coming from me in, you know, little Tucson, Arizona. And I, you know, I sold, before I went to the summit, I sold $6.7 million in real estate. And I thought I was the man. Okay, I was the number one guy in my brokerage company by only selling $6.7 million in sales volume. And that was about 37 units. And really humbled me when I went to the summit because there's just so many big people there. And it was good for me to experience that because I could finally see what was that next level. Not even that next level. What was three, four, five, six, ten levels above what I was doing. So I jumped into the summit and... For the first few, you know, first few, few years, I jumped into level three coaching, which it was, you know, it was life changing, very difficult in the beginning, and it was only difficult because I made it difficult on myself. I was a bad student, didn't really do the homework, and I probably have some uh, students I coach on this call, and they're hearing, "What? Kate was a bad student? How is that possible?" Um, but I was. I didn't surrender to process. I would jump on calls similar to what you're on right now. Um, just to get on them, to, to tell my coach, you know, I, I got on the call, what, yada, 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 just so I would satisfy their requirements. And I didn't implement anything, but my business still started to grow um, just from being in that environment of being held accountable. Uh, two years into the core, uh, I remember I was on a call and I got my butt kicked, like really, really, really bad. Dayton Schrader was my coach. Dayton's like recognizing the core as being deep. The number one real estate agent, both professional, sells like 600 plus houses a year, a year. I mean, just does some amazing things. And I was on this other call with uh, Patrick Conway, this guy, Ken Forster, and I lost every single call every month. I was really, really humbled. And I knew that I wanted to get better, and I wanted to compete, and I wanted to you know, serve my clients at a higher level. I needed to really implement and surrender to the process. Uh, Five years later, I went from you know, 37 units to over 400 sales, which was an amazing run. 
and I wasn't happy. And the reason why I wasn't happy was because I did it, but I never really followed the core way, which was talking about VIPs. I was a big internet guy. Okay, I spent about ten thousand dollars a month, ten to twelve thousand dollars a month on internet leads, and. For everybody on the call, internet is it's really the easy way out, right? It, it's, it gives you some instant gratification because you're seeing so many leads come in. One thing I didn't know was I didn't know that the quality of the leads were so bad. And once my coach, Kendra Cook, started to make me understand my conversion rate, I was only converting four out of every 100 leads that came in. Okay, my best month ever, and I can still celebrate about it, was 7% conversion rate. So I wasn't really making a ton of money with it. Okay, I fell into the trap of winning plaques and winning these national awards because we sold so many houses, which didn't really make me happy because, number one, I wasn't really making that much money. So let me just go over a quick example of you know, what I was with um, the Internet leads and how wasn't that profitable for me and how it transitioned into a, a warm referral VIP based business. So I was spending about $10,000 a month, like I said, on internet leads. Um, the $10,000 a month was bringing in $25,000 a month in gross commission income. And I know you're saying, wow, $25,000 a month, you went up two and a half times your month, your investment, that should be pretty good. And I thought, yeah, it was pretty good because I would only look at the gross. Once I really started to dig into my numbers, I saw that the $25,000 that I was making, half of it went to my buyer's agent, so 50% of it was out the door, so I was bringing in $12,500. What I didn't realize before was $10,000 that I had to sell to pay left me with $2,500 left, and after I paid my transaction coordinator, my leads coordinator that took the leads and you know, converted the leads, I was left with negative money in my bank uh, or on that part of my team. So my buyer agent side wasn't that profitable. The reason, the reason I still made money was because I did self, self-generate some leads as I went, closed some of my own deals, and that's where I was making my money. So I didn't really know that the Internet wasn't that profitable. So Kendra challenged me about two years ago to completely cut out the internet, which I have done. I have one account left that I'm in a long-term contract, and that should end here in the next few months. And she really started to help me build my referral VIP list. Okay, and that's something we're going to be really digging in today. I'm going to give you a few tactics on how to build it, how to really cater to them and go deep with them, and how to start to get business from one list. So this list last year gave me 171 transactions, 171 transactions from 57 people on my list, okay? Um, I can tell you right now, there's a lot of agents across the country that don't even sell 171 transactions. So I can tell you that just what I'm going to be, what I'm telling you today is something that you can follow, replicate, and really start to blow up your business. The VIP list is a core pillar of some of the lead generation that we talk about in the core, all right? So first thing, let me tell you how I started to build my list. Just remember, I wasn't from Tucson, so I didn't have a large network. Um, I had family and friends, and as you know, family and friends as clients 
are the first people to disappear because those are the first people you start to work with as you, you know, jump into real estate, okay? And a lot of the people that I was working with, family, friends, coworkers, they weren't people that understood the referral-based business, okay? I'd get a referral from them here and there, um, but the core talking to go after people that could give me multiple leads per month, multiple deals per year, and that's how I started to build my VIP list. So let me tell you how I started to build it. Number one, I use networking events. Remember, I'm not from Tucson, so I didn't know a whole lot of people. So I went to networking events, and one thing that we do have, we have either a 10-4 form for some of the um, some of the old school people on this call, and we re recently transitioned that into our new dashboard cover form where you're required to meet eight new people per week. And for years, for years, I abused this form, meaning I would just put people down on this form and I didn't use it as a tool. I did it as a task so that I could just turn in my homework, okay? Once I really understood how important this form was, that's when I really started to blow up my VIP list. Let me tell you how I did it. So at every networking event I go to, I go to at least one per week. Okay, I go to one networking event. A lot of my networking events that I go for, number one, it's not a drinking club. Okay, many of these events or networking groups that people belong to, even when I go and check them out, they're drinking clubs. They're social clubs. People are just going there to talk. Okay, number one, I go there to make sure that real networking is happening. Okay, so if you're looking for a networking group to join, real networking has to happen. It has to be structured. Um, you want to make sure there's not 50 real estate agents in it. The group that I belong to, there's like two or three real estate agents. And most of the time, real estate agents aren't that consistent, so they'll drop off. And I'm the one that's in there consistently going to the meetings, bringing value. Number two is they have to make sure that they're doing something for the community. Okay. So when I identify these things, number one, it's not a drinking club. Number two, they are having real networking happen, okay, and at, it's actually encouraged to network. And number three, we want to make sure that the networking event or the group has a community aspect to it. So once I started going there, my goal was to meet two people per week, okay, that actually I could go deep with. And let me tell you the numbers. I would have to get four cards. And of the four cards, of the four business cards that I uh, business cards that I got from that event, I decided I have to keep two of them and put them into a prospecting list, not my VIP list yet, but my prospecting list for business people. Okay. So once I started to build my business list of people, I, I started to go deeper with them, and I'll tell you who I started to identify in the beginning. Since I, I started to really do a lot of business, I went after the people that I could refer business to. All right, it was the easiest way for me to earn someone's respect, earn someone's trust, and to get them to like me was me being able to give them some business. So I went after AC people, uh, air condition, HVAC, contractors, insurance people, financial planners. So those are like the first set of people that I went after because I could refer them business immediately. Okay, so if you're struggling with it, remember, we are in real estate. We have clients that need home inspections, insurance, they need 
work on their house, they need you know financial planning. After remember, you got these people in debt, you need to help them get out of it or save for their future. So those are the initial people that I started to go after. My next set of people after that is um, I went after attorneys. I went after attorneys, and it was almost by mistake. Okay, so um, I buy some real estate here and there, and I bought this estate sale. Okay, and when I bought this estate sale, it was a cash-only deal. And when I went into the house, and I'm like, "Wow, this house is in pretty good shape." There's just a lot of stuff there, a lot of stuff in the house. So the agent that listed it thought, well, since this house is a wreck, it could only go cash. They took that stuff, the contents out of the house and did some minor cleanup, they would have sold it for fifteen, twenty thousand dollars more than when I bought it. So as I'm going through this house, I remember there was some family photos, there's just some memorabilia there, and I called up the agent that sold it on the listing side, because I represented myself on the buyer side, and I said, hey, there's a lot of personal information or personal contents here, do you think the estate wants this stuff back? So the last thing I want to do is come here and throw away family photos, family heirlooms, any type of family content that, you know, they, they would like, and the agent did the biggest mistake she could have done. She said, yes, I'm sure they want it, please talk to the attorney, and please coordinate with them to get it back to the estate. And I said, fantastic, yeah. So um, talk to the attorney. And as I'm telling him what's in there, he meets me at the property, and I said, hey, just curious, this house is in really good shape. Why didn't you guys sell this cash only? And he told me, well, that's what I was advised to do. So I thought, you know, huge idea, huge, huge, huge idea. I'm going to create a way to bring in extreme value to, the, to these estate attorneys. So I created this plan, and I'm like one of the biggest estate uh, agents here where I represent a bunch of estate attorneys. So if you want to listen to this plan, this is amazing. Um, I get about three to four closings per month just from this plan. Okay, So I created this program for estate attorneys because I wanted to make it as easy as possible to get the home listed, but to get the most amount of money to the estate. So... Wanted to make the you know the attorney look good so that they can present a few options to their their clients and this is the option. So number one is we can do we can coordinate property cleanouts. Okay, we can do um, utility management. We can do some small uh, remodel work for them. Okay, so once we do that, we can give them a 24-hour cash offer. We can list and list as is, we can list with a small amount of work to it, so we can provide the estate attorney some options that they can go back to their clients with, and from there, I landed one account, and then I started going after a few accounts, because I had this package that I could put together for them, so it made it a lot easier for me to talk to them, because I'm bringing in value. I think a lot of times, when we go after VIPs or channel accounts, we don't really stress or bring value. We make it about ourselves and how you're going to give us business, which is probably the worst thing that you can do, right? Don't ever come in with your hands open. Always offer to see what you can do to help someone out. Remember, if you can give them leads, that's a great, that's the best way you can help someone out. 
with their businesses to help them make some money. Okay. Next, after that, I went after divorce attorneys. Okay. And I also fell on top of that almost by accident too, because as you're selling home, you know, we've probably sold over 2,000 houses um, since I've been a real estate agent. Guess what happens? Life happens and people start to get divorced. And since I stay in front of my past clients a lot, I realized that I didn't have any divorce attorneys that I could hand out as referrals. I had great HVAC people, I had contractors, I had financial planners, I had estate attorneys. Could not refer a divorce attorney because I didn't know any. So that that was like the flavor of the month for me for probably about two years ago. I went after it really hard for one month and reached out to all these uh, divorce attorneys. I found three of them that I really liked. And now that's where all my referral goes to. And guess what? Once I started to give them referrals, they started to give me referrals back because they talked to them. There's a lot of times where someone that is going through a divorce will reach out to the attorney before they reach out to the real estate agent. And the attorney tells them, well, you guys are going to have to sell your house, refinance your house, whatever it would be. So after that, um, there was this big builder push that we and the core started to go after. Okay. Builders are really, really, really amazing sources of leads. And many of us just didn't do it because we thought, well, a lot of builders in our markets are brokers. They can list their own stuff, so why would we go after them? So let me let you in on a little secret. If a buyer goes to a builder's site and they can't afford the builder's site, or the builder won't offer them financing because their credit score is too low, guess what happens to that lead? That lead gets tossed in the trash. Okay? Tossed in the trash. Guess what happens when a person has, wants to buy a home in that new home community, okay, and they have a home they need to sell, guess where that lead goes? It just goes out to just random, random agents. So I started putting together a program where I could go after site sales reps. Not You don't have to go after the area sales manager or any of the managers or the upper management. That's probably the worst place to start, right? Site sales reps are the gatekeeper. They handle all the leads. Okay? So now you can get buyers that don't qualify for their sites. You can get um, listings on contingent sales. All right? And the builder program that we've built, and you don't have to build it like mine. I just basically you know, copied it from you know, people in the core is we can do a cash sale for them to lift the contingency. We can list, do a guaranteed sale within a certain period of time. Or when people are still slightly underwater and they cannot sell their property for what it's worth, we can do a guaranteed lease through one of our uh, property managers that just handles straight property management, doesn't handle any type of sales, we can do a guaranteed lease if they uh, list the house for rent for the exact same price that the property management recommends. If they say, you know, I want to list $500 more, no, that's it fit with our program. So you see a few different ways where we're able to bring value to builders, bring value to attorneys, bring value to other business owners. Okay, so that's how I started my list. Um, let's open it up to some questions here, okay, uh, about how to build your list. If I don't get any questions, I'm going to call on someone. So do we have any questions here? We don't currently have any questions. All right. 
Well, I'll tell you what, I see somebody on this call that I know. Angelo, my student, first year in level three, Angelo asked me a question. There's a few people on this call that want to ask questions, and I want to get this call warmed up. So, Angelo, I know we're always working on our warm referrals. I need you to ask me a question, type out a question, and uh, I want to be able to answer it. I'll let you know as soon as we get some questions coming in. Okay. The asking one, Angelo? Not yet, Kay. I'll let you know. Not yet. Uh, what about Carlos? Carlos, ask me a question. I know you're transitioning to becoming a big mega agent, and you've actually, Carlos has been on my team before, broke off, super talented young guy, and want to help you out and give you some advice to building your list. Carlos, do you have a question? Okay, Kay, so we got um, – Ah, love it. It's coming in now. Perfect. <laughs> um, so we have a question from Angelo. Um, what do you provide to the builder site sales manager before asking them for their leads? All right, so you never go in just asking for leads right out of the gates, okay? So number one, this is I'm going to tell you how I did it. Number one, I went in just to tour their site. I wanted to see what type of models they have. I wanted for them to give me the tours, understand the different price points, um, understand if they had any type of unique selling propositions. Do they have down payment programs? Do they give closing costs? What are the incentives? This is something that I could say, hey, you know what? Tell me what you have. I have a huge buyer team. We sold over 200 buyer deals last year. Um, I want to know what you have because I'd love to bring some buyers there to you. Okay? So number one, you make it about them. I go back the following week and I say, hey, you know what? I actually sent this out to a whole bunch of our database of people. Um, I want to be added onto your spec list. Can you have any specs ready? You know, quick move-ins. Do you have it ready? Um, do you have any ready now? And they'll take you out there and guess what you're doing? You're chatting it up. You're building a relationship. Okay? The third time you go out there is that's when you bring their, your program. You're going to say, hey, Angelo, um, came out here a few times. I think we can build a really strong partnership here. I, I work with a ton of buyers. You've got a ton of um, leads or that, you, that you could probably use some help on. Let's create some sort of partnership here, and this is, how, this is what I have to offer. So that's how I did it. Okay? Not all of them will get it. Okay? Remember, we're in sales. Not everybody gets it. Your conversion rate's never 100%. You still have to do it. Well, those are the three, those, that's the three-step process on how I followed it. Um, and you got to make sure you under, you, you create a package for them that you can deliver. Don't follow mine if you can't deliver it. Okay? Create something where you can deliver it. All right? Hey, um, I have, there's a great, there's a great question from Michelle. Um, in calling attorneys, did you just cold call? So, Michelle, I hate to cold call. I never, ever, ever, ever cold call. So what I do is I reach out to my VAP list, my sphere, my database of people. Um, I go on social media and I ask, hey, you know what? I have, a, um, I have a weakness in my business right now and I need your help. 
I need a referral for an attorney that you know, like, and trust because I've got some business I'd like to refer to them. Who do you know that you can refer me to? But I want a good like you, a good solid business person. Who do you know? So I reach out to people and they make a, so it's a cold call with a warm introduction. So it's, hey, Michelle, who do you know that I should be in business with? Um, who do you know? What attorney do you know? I have some referrals I'd like to give to them. And then from there, Michelle, you're going to say, you know what? I've got some good people here, two attorneys I know. And I'm saying, fantastic. Michelle, can you introduce me? Um, I'd like to call them today. Can you give me their phone number? Fantastic. Michelle, do me one favor. Can you reach out to them? Let them know I'm going to be calling. And just let them know what, what I'm about, what type of business I run, what I'm about, so that you're elevating me so that I go in and they will take my call. And then from there, I set up a time to sit down with them for some coffee or some lunch because I have to get to them. I have to get in front of them. I don't like to sell over the phone. Okay? Face-to-face, belly-to-belly is the best way to sell, the best way to do business. All right? And any other question? Yes, we have another question um, from Gerard. He says, how did you formulate your relationships with your attorney? Just, just basically what I did before. Um, and I'm actually going to get to that on how we start to go deep with them, how to cater and how to go deep with them. But number one is getting in front of them, using other relationships that you have for the introductions. Okay, so I don't want to jump the gun because I'm going to um, start talking about how we start to go deep with them, what is the core process, and what we've done to make sure we love on them. Um, and then after that, we'll start talking about how we start to generate needs from them. Okay? We'll take one more question, and then we'll move on on how we start to cater to these people, how to build strong relationships. All right? Um, the next question is from Elizabeth. He wants to know what kind of programs do you offer for the builders? All right. So my builder program is basically three things. All right. So it's I can I can get if the home qualifies, I can get them a 24-hour cash offer, close when they want to close, so they, to avoid the double move, which that will eliminate a contingent deal because a lot of buy a lot of um, builder sites won't start a build until you lift a, a contingency. So if somebody has a house to sell, they won't do they they won't start to build. So my program works perfectly for those type of builders. I can lift that contingency with a, a guaranteed sale or a 24-hour cash offer. Um, I do I do some. This is going to sound really weird, so don't go telling Rick. But I have a builder site that says, "Okay, you come in here so much. If you list at a discount, okay." which is 1.5%, if you list with a discount, we will put you on the buyer side for free. Wow, that's a smoking deal. And guess what? A lot of times, these uh, people, uh, these people that are buying, is they're buying that next step. So you're listing a, a smaller house, but the, the uh, buy could be double the price of what their sale could be. That's another thing. I can list at a discount, or I can give them a full-service listing. Okay, and I can communicate with the, not just the client, but I can communicate with the builder on where we're at during that listing program. And I tend to do that if a contingency is, they will start to build with the contingency. And the next thing is a guaranteed lease for one year. Okay, most lenders, if you can lease 
the house that maybe is upside down or they don't want to sell or want to keep it as a rental, they will qualify them because their debt to income ratio. They will use the rent to have them hit their debt to income ratio qualifications for that next purchase. So I offer those three things. Okay. Number one, cash guaranteed sale. Number two, uh, full service listing. Number three, guaranteed lease. And usually the client will fall into one of those three. Okay. All right. So let's let's jump into how we cater to these people once you start your list. Okay. And for a long time, the and, and we'll make sure we get a lot of these questions answered. I don't want you to think I'm just skipping by yet. Um, for a long time, we called this the top 50 list. Do you remember when we called it the top 50 list? Called it the top 50 list for a really long time. So everybody thought we needed to have 50 people right out of the gates. Okay, let me tell you, that is wrong. Okay, what would you rather have? You have to ask yourself, would you rather have 10 people that know, like, and trust you or a deep relationship with that you guys do business back and forth with? Okay, it's predictable. Or would you have 75 people that you spend a lot of money on the list and they'll give you business here and there? All right, so. When I started my list, I did it the wrong way. I put 50 people on there. I started giving them gifts. I started giving them, uh, you know, inviting them to events. They drank all my alcohol, and they weren't good referral partners. They they just they would just like stink. They just sucked, you know. They just sucked and sucked. And they just took everything out of me. Took the life out of me. And one day, I just said, you know, I'm gonna completely revamp it. I'm gonna go through the list, and if somebody went in there that that just came to my events and never really supported our business and drank all my alcohol and ate all my food. If someone um, didn't refer me business, I took them off of the list. I got my list back down. I started at five people that uh, were awesome people, were in great relationship. I gave them business. They gave me business back. I would love on them at a deep level. Then I added five more, and I added 20, and I got the 30. Now we're at 57 people on the list that we do these things with. So this is what you want to write that, that this you want to start to write down because this is how you start to create your program. In the core, we are huge, huge on gifting. Okay? Number one is they have to you have to have a birthday program with these people. Okay? This list has everything that you have to know about them, where they work, their date of birth, okay, how many children they have, uh, if they have children. Uh, girlfriend's name, wife's name, husband's name, all of that stuff has to be on this list. Birthday, number one, most important. So in their birthday program, I call them the day before their birthday. Sounds kind of weird, right? Like, why are you calling them the day before? Because I want to be the first person to call. So I'm going to say, hey, Angelo, uh, I know it's the day before your birthday, but I want to do something extra special for you. I'm going to call, I wanted to call you, and I want to be the first person to wish you a happy birthday. I didn't know it's tomorrow. Okay? And they get a birthday gift. Okay, I don't really spend more than $50 on this gift. I started small in the beginning, but some of these people, you know, we're growing a ton of business. I want to show that. Um, I really, really respect them, and they're a really important key to my business. Um, oh, jump, I jumped the gun on. For everybody on this list, you have to have an all-about-you form. And what an all-about-you form is all the detailed information about them, their life, favorite restaurant, favorite sports team, what they like to do for fun, their hobbies, what their favorite drink is, 
And from that all about you form, okay, I tailor a birthday gift to something there that's specific. If someone likes the Dallas Cowboys, I get them a Dallas Cowboys jersey, hat, shirt, something like that, okay? And, and one thing that you have to remember is make sure you really understand these things. If someone's a good golfer, okay? If someone's a good golfer, don't send them Nike Mojo golf balls. Don't send, send them some really, really good golf balls like, Taylor, uh, like Titleist Pro V1s. Um, this list now is actually ran by my marketing girl, but in the beginning it was just being an assistant. She ran it, and I didn't do a good enough job communicating to her. So we, we send gifts, but they weren't impactful gifts. Those Nike Mojo golf balls that I sent to my ex-pro golfer friend, guess what? They probably went into the trash. So if you really want to show someone you care, make sure you really nail it with the birthday gift. Next thing is we send a random gift. Okay? And we try to spread it out throughout the year. I try to give four gifts per, you know, four gifts per year, so one per quarter. So about three months later, I send them a random gift. Something around their all about you form. Is it sports season? I'm going to send them something about that. Is it their favorite drink? I'm going to mail them that. Is it their, you know, is it their favorite hobby? Do they like to, you know, build planes? I'll send them, um, you know, something about hobbies. I'll send them a subscription for some magazines. So just as you see the level of love that we're starting to put into this, and you can see why people want to give us business after we start to really show the love, okay? Next type of gift is a cheesy gift that we give. Cheesy gift could be some funny socks that people are starting to wear a lot, right? Um, I buy socks with their their children's face on their socks, and I got that as a gift once, and I, that's like one of the favorite, my most favorite gifts I ever got, okay? Just imagine if someone did that for you. It would make you feel so special, if they're married, I call them on their anniversary to congratulate them and send them something small, maybe a card, maybe some brownies, something like that to show them that I care. Next thing, if it's the uh, significant other's birthday, I call them on the, their significant other on their birthday to wish them a happy birthday. And I call the kids on the kid's birthday and send them a card, send them some candy, doing something like that. So that is my gifting program. Okay, so if you're on my list, you get that type of treatment. Just imagine, look at your gifting program now for your VIPs. How does it compare? Do your people on your list feel the love? Does the people on my list feel the love? 171 transactions, you know they feel the love. And you guess what? I can even be better at that. The one thing that I've changed, so it's not at random anymore, anybody on this list, their birthdays, anniversaries, kids' birthdays are put into my calendar automatically so I never forget. If you're just operating where you're hoping and praying that you're going to look at your list and look at the birthdays every single day, let me tell you right now, you will miss some of those days it happened to be. Okay? Next thing, let's move on past gifting. They're invited to a monthly happy hour. If they're a business person, this is amazing for them because you can introduce them to other business people. That's the most powerful way that you can help somebody other than leads is introducing to other business people that can give them leads. So we have a monthly happy hour. We call it the connection hour. And at any time for the month, there's 30 to 40 people that come to that. And my job at that happy hour is to make sure I build relationships, number one, 
and I bring people together and I connect people. Okay, so at that event, I'm a connector. Okay? Next thing is they're invited and they get VIP treatment at my client events. So my last client event, I rented out the movie theater. Okay, I rented out. We did the Avengers Endgame, and all my VIPs sit up at the top, and they have a personalized sticker on their chair that says VIP, thank you very much, you're very important to me, with their name, and they're allowed to sit at the top and they get VIP treatment. All the other all the other database of people, past clients, kind of have to sit and find seats there. You're a VIP, I treat you extra special. Let's talk about people that maybe you cannot get business to. Alright? Um, because there are some people that I just I can't get cannot give business to a lot of times. So um, there's a few people like that in my list. So what I do for them is, again, number one, you bring them to the events, you connect them with other business people that can probably give them some business, all right? I do vendor spotlight videos. I do vendor spotlight videos for all my VIPs that are business owners. A vendor spotlight video, and let's say for my insurance person, they come on, I interview them, I tell them, hey, tell me what you do for business, um, tell me why you're better than the average person if they're just shopping on the internet. And I need you to give me one special thing that I can launch to my database of 2,500 people. What is one special offering you can offer to them? Guess what's happened? Their phone starts to ring because I send it out to my database of 2,500. I send it out to all the social media world. I boost it. I do all of that stuff. So it makes them feel that I'm really, really in it for them, right? Blowing them up. These people are some of my closest friends now. So anytime I'm going golfing, anytime I go to a charity network dinner, anytime I have sports tickets, guess who's coming with me? My VIPs. They're some of the closest people in my world. I invite them over to um, holiday dinners. I cook dinners for them. I invite their kids. I do a lot of different things um, to make sure I always stay in front of them. Okay, so that's it. I mean, you start small, grow it big, love on them at an extra level. So um, got about five minutes before we jump into the next part. Let's talk, let's ask some questions that uh, is around catering, throwing them some love. Do we have any questions? Uh, we have a question from Janet Lee. She was asking, can you give us the three simple things to do? I missed the first one. Um, estate attorneys. The second one is utility management. The third one is small remodel work. Okay, so what, so actually I'll read it off to you. Um, we can do a share screen here, right? Yes, we can. All right, let me pull it up so I can share my screen. And then from there, that's the beauty of the core. I mean, you can, you can take something that someone's doing and completely tailor it to your market, so I have builder trade-in program. This is a state attorney. Right? You wanted a state attorney, right? That's right. Okay, I should have that up here. You guys can, you guys can copy it all you want.
Well, while you're working on that, I can go ahead and ask you the next question yeah. if you'd like. Um, can yep. you give a brief example of a pitch to a builder? Yeah, so what, what part of the pitch for the builder that you're looking for? Is it when I go in there for step one, is it step two, or is it step three? This, this question was from Christian. He didn't say specifically. Um, Christian, if you could um, please give us a little bit more um, details of what you're looking for for the, for the example of the pitch, and we'd be happy to answer that for you. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share my screen. I'll bring up the builder one because I'm having my team send me over the date flyer. So let me figure out how to share an option. I'll share my screen. And as I'm doing that, let me know, does everybody see my new home trade-in program? I, I can't see that, okay. There's, there's a button um, on your screen that should say share screen. Did you hit that button? It should be in the middle of the screen. Yeah, I see it, but it's not allowing me to share the screen. Um, all right, so that's okay. We don't, I'll, just, I'll just read it off. I'll just read it off, and then we'll go from there. So, um, Christian, so number one, I'll just go over my, what, my, third, my third visit there. Okay, so when I'm sitting down with Mr. and Mrs. Builder, hey, you know what? You've got a great site here. Um, as I said before, we work with a ton of buyers. We were Tucson's number one buyer agent team. Okay, so over 200 buyer sales right now. Let me just tell you um, how I think we could create just an amazing partnership here. All right. Now, number one, I know I can bring buyers through. Okay. Number two is I have this awesome trade-in program that's worked for other builders uh, here locally. And I wanted to tell you about it. Number one is I know you, you run into people that come in and let's say they have a house that they need to sell and you're worried about handing out a referral to an agent that you know probably hasn't sold a bunch of houses. We have a guaranteed sale program. I can get I can get that person a 48-hour cash offer, okay? And if it works for them, I can lift the contingency and you can start to build right away because we're on the same page. You want to you want to be able to get this person in a home quickly so that you can get paid. I get it. I'm on the same I'm on the same boat as you. Number two is I have a full service listing program. Okay, let me tell you a little bit about my team. So last year I sold over 400 houses in Tucson, and I'm not telling you that to brag. I'm telling you that when it comes to you sending me a person, they're not my guinea pig, okay? We've got a listing program that we haven't figured out. I have one of the lowest days on market in all of Tucson, probably by half, okay? So if they have to go down our listing program, we've got them fully, fully, fully covered. I sell houses faster than most agents here in town. Number three, let's say if you run into a client that, I tell you what, the home is upside down. Most of the time, if you do that for another agent, that deal is done, okay? Home is upside down. There's no other option. So I do have an option for that. The option is my lease program, okay? So let me tell you about it. They, um, if I find a house that, that fits what we can do for a lease, let's say I introduce them to my uh, property manager. Okay, my property manager says, great, I can lease this house for $1,250 a month. I go back to your buyer's lender, and he says, great, that's all we need. I can lift a contingency for you, and I can guarantee that lease 
um, for up to a year. So let me tell you how that part works because not a lot of people here, I think I'm the only one in Tucson that does it. Let's say if we lease it at $12.50, we put it out there, if the if the home doesn't lease for the first two months, I pay their rent for them. Okay, um, I'm telling you this because this is something that nobody has to offer. The deal with our partnership is if they meet any one of these three, I would like to be put on the buyer side. Okay, this is a win-win for the both of us. I've done this with many other builders with success. Then I stop. How do we? How can we start our partnership? And I let after I ask the question, I let the uncomfortable silence hit. So that's my pitch. Thank you, Kay. Um, we have a question from um, Jimmy. He said, I have preferred partners who I like to use. How do you expand your network that way without, um, while staying loyal? Well, number one, you always have to stay loyal, right? And the beauty about the core is they will blow your business up. You will do so much more business than you were doing before. You can think of me, 37 sales before I got in, 408 five years later. I have more than enough to go around, okay? My best friend is a lender. My best friend, I was the best man in his wedding. He's not my only lender. He knows he's going to get a big, he's going to get the lion's share of it, but I've got another lender that rents his up for me. He gets a good piece of it. I've got lenders that come in and prospect on me, and they're my turn down lenders. They will get a small piece of my buyer business. Whenever your eggs are all in just one basket, that person that has all your business understands that. You think they'll pick up their phone for you whenever you want? They're like, nah, sometimes, you know, I'm busy right now. I'm with my family. I'm with my friends. They will they will make you wait full t- till tomorrow. So, it's good to start to expand your network, but you never let anybody in without doing some sort of test. So let's say if you have a lender, they have to take turn down business. They got turned down from someone else. You can take turn downs so I can see how you work. Or if you want to fast track this relationship, you throw me a deal. I get to see how you work. And then if I like it, we open up the floodgates and we'll do some business together. All right. We have a question from Elizabeth. Do you do any events to bring in other agents? Do you have a brochure? Um, is it only about relationships? When you say other agents, uh, other real estate agents? I'm assuming so. She didn't say specifically. Okay, so uh, I do, so I'm an EXP agent, so I do I do events separate from my normal events. So I do EXP recruiting events. Um, but it is 100% separate from my relationships. And the reason is, is these are very, very valuable relationships. And I have to protect that. Okay? Not, it's not that I'm greedy, but these are relationships that I've built, I've nurtured, I've spent money on. And some of these are my dearest friends, and I don't want other people, you know, trying to work that to take that away from me. Okay. Yeah, um, I know we got to... We have one more Q and A set up uh, here in about five minutes, but let me just let me just do let me just tell you once you get people and you start to establish a relationship, I have this quick role play that I do with them to number one make it about them, but number two, how do you ask for business? People, when I see people ask for business, it looks so uncomfortable. And I role play with people on my, on my calls and I see it in real life. It is the most like, uncomfortable thing I've ever seen 
And I figured out a way how to do it. Number one, never make it about yourself. Never just say, hey, I want to get some business. You always make it about them. So I do a role play. I'll just use my insurance person as an example. I'm going to say, hey, Monica, um, fantastic year. I mean, we killed it this year. You've done a, you, you did a whole bunch of our stuff for us. You took great care of my clients. Monica, I want to, I want to get your conversion rate up a little higher. Cause I see that you're about 60% that you convert from our business. I want to get that closer to 80% when we refer you our buyers. Um, tell me, tell me, I want to do something. Tell me three things about your business that you want me to say or about you that you want me to say to this lead before I hand them to you because I want to make sure I elevate you to that next level so when they talk to you, it is guaranteed that you will get it. So what are the three things you want to say? And the typical three things you're going to say is um, we're customer service oriented. I'm from Tucson. I'm local. We support local. And they'll answer their phone, get you a quote anytime you need it. And I'm like, all right, fantastic. So those are the three things you want to say, Monica. Do you mind if I add my spin to that? And they're like, yeah, fantastic. Go for it. I'm going to add at the end of that that you are my person, you do my stuff, I trust you, but you're also accountable to me. So if anything goes wrong, you can also reach out to me if you can't get a hold of Monica. Is that okay, Monica? And guess what Monica says? Yes, Kate, fantastic. If you could do that for me, that would be amazing. Awesome. Monica, let me tell you what to say if you ever run into somebody um, that needs real estate. So I just go right into it. Let me tell you three things you can say about me. Okay? You can't automatically assume people understand the referral game. They don't teach you referral based business in college or high school or elementary school. You have to teach people to do it. But you don't want to be like the life insurance person that comes around every week and just comes in and asks for business without bringing you any value. So that's how I ask for business. I make it about them, how I can help them build their business, how I can get the conversion rate up higher make it about them, and I teach them what they can do for me. Okay, so a little different from how you see people in life asking for business, because, man, I heard it, it is scary. All right, so let's, get, let's take a few more questions. We've got about five minutes. I have a question from Jesse. Have you had success starting happy hours with all these referral partners? A once-a-month meeting with everyone together? Yeah, so I, I do once a month, um, and one thing, reason why it's successful is I'm not going there to drink. I have a few team members that go, and they're not going there to drink. They're going there because we do invite other people, so there's sometimes there's some people that don't feel comfortable. My job, my team job, is to make sure we're talking to them and connecting them with someone that can open up some more conversation, okay? My goal before I leave is I have to leave with one referral. Guess what? I'm not asking for referrals. I'm telling people, the new people, what we do. I'm asking other people how their business is, how I can help them with their business. Okay? Guess what happens by me doing that? Someone says, hey, you know what? My mom's selling. Hey, you know what? My coworker's selling. Hey, one of my employees want to buy or sell. That's what happens. So I have huge, huge, huge success. It's one of my pillars um, for events that I do every year. Probably the most important one. Um, it's probably close to the same level as my. Uh, my client events. Okay. We have a question from PJ. On your program for the estate attorney, who funded the repair costs? If you did, how did you structure the deal to get paid back? Okay. So early on in the relationship, I make sure that it comes from the estate attorney. Okay. 
So I used to have a small REO uh, account, and the REO account, they would have, we would have to service the deal. We pay out of our pocket, and every month we would have to you know, submit our for our reimbursements. That's kind of how I came up with the program. Later on, like for some of the people that consistently send me business every single month, I front I fronted for them um, just because we we're in such strong relationship. So I don't mind doing it for some people. Just getting started, make sure you don't get into that trap, okay? Because let's how about this? If you did a, a bad job or negotiations didn't go right, it's going to be very uncomfortable for you to ask for that money back. Okay, so start it with them, paying for it, and if you start to get a good run with this person or this business or this attorney, then that's something you can offer only if they ask. Okay. Janet would like to know how long um, did it take you to build a bigger list? Um, the list is still being built, but I went after it really, really hard for about a year and a half. Really, really purposeful, really hard. After I trimmed down that big list that I had down to, you know, five, ten people, and I started, I mean, we set a goal every semester to add ten people to it. And it's really easy if you're just purposeful about it. So if you go into these networking events, look at people that, like, just, you know, they're professional, they're talkative, they connect very well. We really try to identify those people and go up to them and talk to them. Okay. Um, next thing, really lean on your other business partners. Lean on them to you know, give you other people just like them that you don't know. I hope that answered your question. But it took me about a year and a half, and I'm still always building it. I top grade it every six months. Um, let's say, let's say, if I top grade it and I take someone off the list, I don't just throw them away. My job is, the reason why it's there and I'm taking them off is I did a bad job of maybe doing some connecting with them. So I go back, I put them back into like a, a VIP prospect list, and I start calling them, getting going overdrive, seeing them, inviting them to events, making sure I up my gifting. And if that doesn't work, then I push them off to the side into a, a, a business prospecting list that I call on Friday, but they don't get the same level of treatment. Okay. Thank you, Kay. Um, unfortunately, that's all the time that we have right now for questions, but if your question, we have some more questions here. Um, if your question didn't get answered, we will definitely email you um, with a response to your question. Um, well, yeah. yeah, so everyone, thank you very much for being on the call. This is, I mean, this is something that I could talk all day about, but we gave you just a few different things of how to build it, a few different things on how to take your relationship with them on a bigger level. Deeper is always better. Uh, one thing that I want to announce is we have our summit, November 6th to the 8th. It's in my home state of Scottsdale, Arizona. This was a life-changing event for me. This is where I went and I got to see what that next level looked like. Uh, I got to see a business that I wanted, the pattern. If you're interested on it, look at the core website, get signed up, because I promise you it'll change your life. All right. So thank you, everybody, for joining. Uh, go out there and kill it. We'll see you soon.